This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is... Uh, it's it's a beautiful day. It's been a busy uh, busy June, and uh, going into July here, I guess as this uh, as this recording will air. And um, yeah, man, uh, you know, just insane times. But uh, but we're thankful, and uh, things are things are going okay. My my baby my baby daughter took her first steps yesterday, and hey. uh, man, first steps. And she uh, she even uh, let's see, two weeks ago she said dad dad. And then last oh, week she man. said "mama," <laughs> and then uh, this week she took her first step. So it's been uh, it's been a really precious, uh, really precious uh, few weeks here, man. We're we're very thankful. It's a lot of a lot of good reason to, uh, uh, you know, just spend uh, you know kind of time celebrating. So um, you know we're we're doing okay. Yeah. What's going on with you, man? Man, that's a that's a fun time. I you know that just that just transported me back in time. <laughs> that, man. Uh, out of curiosity, I mean, I, I just I need to we need to press in on this a little bit more. So so first steps was it to you? Was it to Mama? Was it to like something dangerous? What so was, out of it, it was it was actually kind of it, it, it was a little a little sad. So you know we were we were really hoping we would get to you know be there. Uh, kind of when it happened, but actually it happened at daycare. <laughs> and yeah, we, of course, yeah, we're yeah. really disappointed, uh, you know, that we, we didn't get to see it. But what was so uh, wonderful, and we just felt like it was such a blessing, as soon as uh, we got home from work, uh, you know, my wife actually went and picked her up at, at daycare and, and got home. And uh, and then Charlotte immediately walked to her, like just a- automatically. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh, okay, Ma, you know, my wife was kind of upset about it and all that. And she was like, no, mama, I, I know you need to see this. We're going to do this right now. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> and then, right. And then when I got home, she did the same thing. So it, it made me really happy. But um, yeah, man, just a, just a really precious time, dude. It's um, really, dude, I, really, I really, I firmly believe that like firstborn kids get such an advantage by going to daycare early on because they get what younger kids get, which is to see other older kids doing the things that they're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, with my, my second child is so much more like, uh, you know, she, she advanced quicker than my first child did at certain stages. And I guarantee it's because she's watching her, you know, watching her big sister, seeing it, it go down. So I, I feel like there's a, you know, the, the, the daycare gives that significant advantage, but I, I feel your pain when uh, my oldest took her first steps. It was at, um, it was at the Mississippi children's museum with yeah. my wife. Yeah. And I, I heard about it. I was like, I really wanted to be there for that. Why didn't I go? And then she came home and she walked straight to, to me. Uh, so yeah, you were like at stuff, home, man. like, you know, either taking a nap or, you know, drinking Pinot Grigio in your bathtub or something. And, and you're, <laughs> come on, man. No, 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 no. Come on. No, look, that's a proud, that's a proud pipe moment. That's a proud dad pipe moment right there. No, you know that's what I mean? right. That's, that's, that's to right. put the feet no, up. Was, you did. It's really did special. <laughs> Good deal, man. Yeah, man. Everything's been going good. We've, um, you know, obviously we just had a, a very eventful week, not necessarily in Houston, although, you know, things in Houston continue to be terrible. We won't, think, we won't talk about that right I think, now, but, I think but things worldwide continue to be, continue to be, that's eventful, true. But <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, there's uh, you know, at least in the midst of the chaos, we've got some good news back home in Mississippi, man. Um, and it's interesting. I, I think we have to address this because I feel like I may have created some concern on Twitter from yeah. a tweet that I posted. I, I, I think you did. Yeah, a, l- a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so I, I want to kind of like I'll pull back from that, give a little bit of context. We won't spend too much time on this because, you know, we got a lot yeah. of pi- uh, pipe related stuff to dive into here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this last past uh, weekend in uh, back home in Mississippi where John David is holding it down uh, and, and, and holding court, uh, the, the Mississippi legislator later after... Uh, what has been essentially a 20 plus year process uh, finally took the move to remove our state flag, our state flag. And I say our, I'm going to continue to say our <laughs> because yeah, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm still Mississippi you know, by blood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they made the move to take uh, down what was our state flag is the last flag in the United States to still fly a Confederate uh, battle flag on it. Uh, this was a, it has been a, you know, for people outside of Mississippi, it, 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 it's hard to really explain just the the yeah. depth of emotion from from various levels of emotion that have gone into yeah. uh, this this move, and so 
it's uh it's you know I'm, john david and i i think he doesn't mind i don't think you don't mind me saying this i mean this we, we we are very much in the affirmative that this is a move that needed to happen yeah and uh and have been very supportive of changing the flag and i think we're all very uh excited for that move and, and for what that could uh you know setting up a new banner that can really represent and and be a kind of a, a rallying symbol for for all mississippians uh, however, you know, while I lived in Mississippi, and this is just me personally, I, I believe that there are certain things that we need to commit, you know, our time, our talent and do our part in uh, when it comes to addressing things uh, that that mean a lot to us. And so for me, one of the things that I really felt like needed to be changed while I was in Mississippi, there's a lot that needs to be changed in Mississippi, but one of the things that needed to be changed in Mississippi was that flag. And the only tools I had available was podcasting. And so several years back, y'all may recall, longtime listeners may remember this, I had a podcast series called Red Flag. And it was a mini series that we produced. And it's probably, uh, if I could be so bold, probably one of the the best polished produced podcasts I've ever made with no disrespect to Country Squire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like it's it's scripted. We had like documentary style, like you know, news clippings and and yeah, just that yeah. top shelf, you know, podcast quality. Very very proud of that series. Um, and it was about you know the history of the flag, how it kind of how the symbols came to be, how sure. the symbols have been used, what it's meant for a lot of different people across not just the state but also the country. I'm very proud of that series. And so as we were getting to the point this past weekend where the decision was being made to change the flag. I tweeted out, man, I have never been more ready to retire a podcast. And that's all you said. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if anybody was following my Twitter, they, they should have really captured everything. Because, I mean, I was saying quite a lot as I was watching okay, this new legislative okay. debate. But that's the one that I think that a lot of folks, especially outside of Mississippi, who, wasn't, who weren't quite aware of what was going on at the time, yeah, uh, yeah. just latched onto that one being like, wait, wait, what? Uh, and so, yeah, no, I was just referring to the fact that, you know, Red Flag, we are actually recording a kind of an epilogue finale for that series that'll be going out uh, this week and next week. So yeah. uh, if you're interested, redflagpod.com is the place to do it, uh, to check that out. And uh, and yeah, and then we'll be officially done with the podcast. It'll probably live for at least another year, maybe longer, just because, again, I'm very proud of the quality that <laughs> yeah <laughs> produced. Well, Bo, you put a lot of hard work into it. Now, again, we're you know we're we're pipe smokers. This is a pipe smoking podcast. We promise we're almost done. But you know, we one thing about our show is you know we um, you know kind of uh, have made a point to bring our ourselves and our own experience to the table here, and I think that's been um, you know in some ways valuable to to the Country Squire Radio community. And um, yeah, I mean it, you know this has been something that has been uh, very significant in the lives of of us. Bo and I both grew up uh, here in the state. Um, you know, Bo was born here. I came here as a very young child. And, um, you know, that, um, you know, particular flag was, uh, you know, over us in school and, uh, you know, at the at the park and at the ballpark and, uh, you know, wherever we were. And it's, it's something we've always known. And, um, you know, later in life, uh, you know, it, I have kind of, uh, you know, though I understand, you know, various sides and all that have thought that, you know, it'd be probably wise to uh, take the move and, and, and you know, I'm proud that and that our state decided to, to pull the trigger and, and do what it did. And it was uh, it was very emotional. You know, we live um, in a part of the world, though, where there are a lot of ghosts. You know, we uh, just down the street in my neighborhood oh, man, here, yeah. there is a, a literally on my street like I could hit it with a, you know, like a pitching wedge from my front yard. You know, there is a, um, you know, a memorial to where, you know, the, the Confederates were holding the uh, the line uh, at the Battle of Jackson, uh, at the the northern part of the uh, the line, uh, two blocks away from my house is a is a street called Fortification Street, and that's because that street served as the uh, northern fortification uh, defense for the uh, for the city. And uh, you know, a, a few blocks over here to the to the east, there's actually uh, a skirmish that took place, and there's a big memorial on the corner of um, of Graymont and Poplar of the uh, charge of the Second Michigan Brigade over there, where you know these these uh, Michiganders uh, far away from home, you know, were uh, you know getting together to you know defend themselves from kind of a Confederate counterattack, and um, this all happened in our neighborhood, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, you know we we live amongst this stuff, and it is hard to explain to a lot of folks that it just didn't grow up in this. Uh, you know, I, I guess environment. And so, um, you know, in Mississippi has become such a diverse state and we're, we're very proud of that. And um, man, it's, it's just, um, I, I don't know, it was a, it was a very pivotal weekend. And so we're, um, you know, I, I don't know, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of emotions, but, um, but yeah, thankful, thankful uh, for the future. So really, really glad about that. 
Yeah, and so again, I do apologize if I concern anybody. Country Square Radio is not going anywhere. That was not the podcast <laughs> I was referring to. Uh, interesting that some of y'all thought that was the case, though. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what, what? How, how should I interpret that? If you, you see this immediately, think that Country Square Radio is going away. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, all right. Well, hey, man, we've got a uh, we got a great show to do, to, to get dive into today. But we got a few more housekeeping items to get to. First of all, shout out to our good friend Brian Levine over at Pipes Magazine. As I understand it, he had a whole bunch of experts on his show, including you. For some reason, what what was that all about? <laughs> man, I know, right? I, I joked with Brian on the air. You know, you can tell he's really getting desperate when he, uh, you know, pulls reaches out to his little redneck friend. Uh, down here to come on his show, but uh, man, it was really, really awesome. Yeah, Brian had his uh, seven questions for seven experts series, and um, and just a really great time. He uh, didn't didn't let any of the panelists know kind of who was uh, you know going to be participating on the front end. So we all asked the questions, not really knowing who else would be providing their opinion. But um, you know, several doctors of of pipes involved. I think I was the youngest uh, by by a mile. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, just really really special. So. Um, Anyway, check that out, Brian. Uh, you know, of course, with Pipes Magazine Radio Show, uh, does a great job. Him and uh, Kevin Godby over there, and uh, just love what they do. Uh, obviously, over the years, have been very thankful for them. But uh, appreciate Brian for having me on and and talking about some you know pipe, uh, you know pipe uh, opinion stuff, some pipe mechanics, and uh, you know just um, I don't know seven questions for seven experts. It was it was good. I'm um, I was very honored to be there. So check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, man. We also have uh, some brand new club members who are joining the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Uh, joining us, ladies and gentlemen, at the Squire level, Stephen LeBlanc. Yeah, man. I, if, if I'm if I'm correct in this, Stephen actually is a dear friend of mine. Uh, if it's a Stephen, I, I think it is. <laughs> we we have a, a Stephen that uh, was a dear friend of mine in high school here that I'm just now starting to reconnect with. Just picked up the pipe recently. Yesterday bought a bought a Bing's favorite at the shop, and uh, man, it is getting into the podcast. I'm really thankful. So Stephen, thanks for hopping on board, man. Man, also at the uh, Pilgrim level, we've got Jason Wamsley. Yeah, Jason, thanks so much, man. Hopping in at the Pilgrim level, that's great. I kind of feel like I'm butchering these butchering of names. I'm saying them correctly, and it just makes me sad. It doesn't even make sense. It, it just doesn't seem right, you know? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. I've, I have failed you, Jason and Steven. I will do my best. Uh, Mr. LeBlanc and Homsley. Homsley. There we go. <laughs> Well, man, uh, I am excited for this particular uh, week's episode because we are doing a tobacco talk. Now, for those not familiar, tobacco talks is kind of the the meat and potatoes of what you would imagine a pipe tobacco podcast to be about. It's where we have one of the most uh, uh, experienced, uh, one of the most uh, trained palates in the pipe world to go through and review various pipe tobaccos. Now, historically, we have done things looking at uh, loose uh, loose blends versus tins, typically one or the other, or rather one and the other for each episode. But today we're actually doing a series. And let me tell you, something about this is almost heavenly. I'd almost say that, except that somewhat sounds heretical, all things considered, because we are, we're going to be going into the God series from Savinelli, uh, of course, uh, Cornell and Dill, three t- ten blends here, man. I'm I'm so I'm so stoked for this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of neat they came out with this, and for me, to be honest, uh, when it when it popped up here a couple months ago, it was a it was, it was quite a surprise. It was something that was uh, you know I, I didn't really know Savinelli was uh, was working on that this was something that was being cooked up and. Um, they announced it and, and shipped them to the store for us to try, and it was uh, it was a really pleasant surprise, man. They uh, made some some delicious blends and uh, pretty interesting blends that we're going to talk about, and uh, and um, yeah, I thought it, thought this you know tobacco talk would be a good uh, opportunity to talk about all three blends. Uh, they came out with three uh, different tin tobaccos and. Uh, we thought we'd mention those. So, um, you know, uh, this you, you mentioned it a second ago. These are blended and produced by Cornell and Deal, uh, and they're marketed uh, under the Savinelli name. And it, it's interesting because there there is a natural partnership here, right? I mean, uh, you know, Law DC, which we've talked about before. If you're uh, if you're a pipe smoker and haven't heard that name, Law DC is a company that owns um, a bunch of different pipe related brands. One of the brands they own is Cornell and Deal. Um, another uh, brand that they um, 
own is uh, smokingpipes.com and, and several other things. They, they also are the American distributor for uh, the Savinelli brand and, 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 and actually just bought Peterson as well as of last year. So, um, so you know, just a very, uh, it's kind of a natural pairing because you've got the folks that own Cornell and Deal and they're kind of um, also, uh, you know, quarterbacking the Savinelli um, you know, produ- or, uh, you know, uh, market in the United States. And so, uh, you know, what better company to kind of get together and, and, you know, put their heads together to come out with some delicious tobaccos. And, um, and that's what they've done. So, um, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. They, they came out with three, uh, it is their God series. It's, uh, um, some handsome tins. There's the, uh, the Janus, the Juno and the Jupiter. We'll talk, uh, briefly about each one of these, but, um, you know, looking at it, Bo, you had kind of mentioned when you first uh, pulled these up, you're kind of impressed with the artwork, huh? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, look, that's that's one of the things that whenever we talk about uh, any any tin of tobacco, I mean, shoot, we just did it this last past week. Uh, so much of the discussion on our top shelf blends uh, that I, I was able to contribute was a critique of the way in which they present themselves, because I believe that's a really critical component uh, to to the overall experience, not necessarily the smoking experience, of course, but I mean, in terms of, you know, making the purchase, going in, figuring out what you're going to want. I think that you need to be able to tell a narrative with your product today for today's consumer. And man, yeah, when I was scrolling down, you sent me a link uh, to actually just kind of a list of Savinelli blends. And, you know, I mean, like, let's be honest, like Savinelli, they've got some beautiful tins. They've got some shall we say, uh, minimalist uh, approach to the way that they present their tens. And <laughs> so as I, as I kind of opened it up, I was like, okay, huh, what a missed opportunity is. I was kind of scrolling through and seeing like, for example, and I mean, again, this is not a, uh, a critique of, of any of these uh, blends or tens, but you know, they're Black Cavendish or their English mixture. Uh, you know, very basic, like, here's the color red, here's the color green, Cavendish, here's the color gold. <laughs> uh, but then I scroll down and I get to the God series and I'm like, oh my goodness, these are gorgeous. They they know yeah. exactly what they're doing here. They're telling a narrative. They're building kind of a sub-brand of, a sub-brand within a sub-brand, to be honest. But it's, it's uh, yeah, these are some gorgeous tens. You almost kind of feel like you're ready to put these in your pocket and uh, go to the market in ancient Rome because you got, uh, you got the, the coins and the deities right here to get you through the gates. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. They, they are evocative of, of coins, aren't they? And, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, these are made by Cornell and Deal, uh, but they, they are the European style, uh, you know, coin uh, tin, vacuum seal tin. They're, uh, you know, the flat tin, which, uh, you know, when you think of Cornell and Deal, you always think of the, you know, we, we laugh and refer to it as the little uh, biscuit can <laughs> kind of thing. But, um, you know, so it's just something a little different that they're doing. Um, but, you know, the Savinelli tobaccos traditionally have had uh, the style of packaging, and so they went with that uh, here. And, um, you know, it, it's just really attractive how they uh, came out with these. And, of course, you have the uh, name of the god on the front and then a, a photo of, uh, you know, some carving, some relief that they uh, found somewhere of these um, of these particular gods. And so, uh, yeah, pretty cool. These are, uh, you know, it's a series of tobaccos that are, for the most part, non-aromatic, um, uh, with one major exception we'll, we'll get to. Um, but the, uh, you know, for the most part, these are, uh, non-aromatic tins, uh, all three are flake tobaccos, which mm, is really interesting, interesting that they decided to go, uh, in that direction. Uh, you know, they, you just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they anticipate bringing more tobaccos to the market under this kind of, uh, you know, line that they've developed or, um, you know, something else, but, you know, they, they've decided at least with these first three to make, um, to make these flake tobaccos. And so, um, yeah, just really impressive, uh, tobaccos I thought and, uh, and, and, and worth trying. So, uh, yeah, d- diving in, I thought we'd just kind of go, uh, in the order I mentioned earlier, the, um, the first one we'll talk about is the Janus tobacco. Um, and it's, appropriate, uh, just, appropriate that uh, we uh, begin things with Janus, isn't it? <laughs> with, with Janus. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, Janus, uh, Roman God of time, beginnings, endings, uh, duality and transition. Mm. Um, it's a, a Janus uh, was a two-faced god, a, a god that you know pivoted towards the the past and the future. Um, and you know, there's actually no, uh, you know, we always think of uh, you know Roman and Greek uh, mythology having kind of an equivalency, but there's actually no uh, Greek equivalent for the Janus uh, god. This was something you that Romans that, thought of as, but at the um, same as, time, as, as per- their own. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Janus was his own equivalent, huh? I- 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, about that, I, 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 you just go ahead and think that, Bo. That's fantastic. Um, so, you know, you've got this uh, this beautiful uh, tin that, that features this two-faced god on the front, um, and uh, it says, Janice, uh, Antique Virginia. Um, now, the, the word antique here, I, I, you know, you'll have to just ask the folks uh, at Savinelli what that what that means, uh, to be honest with you. I, oh, okay. I really don't, I, it's the first I've really heard uh, that used in a, um, you know, in a, uh, in a description of a pipe tobacco. So, you know, they say antique Virginia, maybe it's got some uh, extra aged leaf in there. Maybe, um, you know, it's from a specific crop that has a certain heritage or something. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know what the name uh, antique there means. But um, but this is a Virginia, this particular blend is a uh, Virginia uh, Perique with some Orientals. And it's a, it's a wonderful blend, really, uh, really good. The description is an ambrosial mixture of bright Virginia's uh, Orientals and Perique, fascinating, fascinatingly nuanced and exotic, and um, ambrosia, uh, ambrosial. You know, it, it's it's talking about something uh, exquisite, but also something that's worthy of uh, of the gods. You know, something that um, you know has a uh, uh, just that kind of quality caliber that you, you would present it as an offering type thing. So. Um, yeah, really, really beautiful. Uh, of course, you open the tin, uh, and it's got the little uh, Elizabethan collar uh, paper in there, <laughs> which uh, you know is just a nice, uh, nice touch always. And then um, you have this beautiful uh, flake tobacco. It's a broken flake. It's uh, you know in the traditional style that you see from uh, you know Cornell and Deal. Where they take the uh, instead of full uh, square flakes, they kind of break them into two or three uh, pieces and then line them up in little chunks, and uh, just very, very visually pleasing in the tin. Uh, and and as soon as you open the tin, you know you're dealing with something that has a, a you know heavy Virginia content, nice uh, vinegar uh, room note to it. It's something that uh, you know it's sweet, it's it's musty. The Orientals really shine here. Uh, you're looking at it, and it definitely has a um, a bright leaf component that you can tell has been uh, you know kind of um, modeled a little bit through the through the pressing process and and slicing um and so it's just kind of a nice uh warm uh, walnut color tobacco really really pretty uh and the flakes just have a really nice moisture content too is really impressed with um you know with how these came out so uh surprisingly a naturally sweet blend uh and and again floral is something that you know i think we're getting from uh, those notes of oriental leaf that's there. And then the, the Perique, although it's not overpowering, is certainly present. It gives a nice uh, kind of stewed fruit uh, plumminess there that uh, that I think was really, uh, really nice. So there, there's a little bit of pepper on the tobacco. It's more of a uh, you know, kind of a spiciness, I think, that lingers on the um, on the on the middle of your tongue, uh, but a little white pepper, and then uh, it, what this tobacco does, I think, is a, it accomplishes something really nice. It's a it's a medium-bodied tobacco that's very complex. A, a lot of a lot of tobaccos, it seems like to get to that complexity, you just almost have to uh, you know go. Um, you know, throw the Hail Mary and put all the all the over-the-top flavors in there and that kind of thing. But um, I think what they've accomplished here with this particular tobacco is uh, a very complex tobacco in a medium-bodied, um, you know, form. And so it just really has a, um, a nice all-day, everyday smoke. It's, it's, it pushes a lot of buttons, sweet, uh, floral, uh, a little, a little oaky and, and uh, musty, the, the kind of um, uh, you know, uh, the, the terms that you would associate with uh, an oriental leaf, um, but, you know, having that nice complexity of sweetness and, and spiciness uh, there, uh, just enough citrus to, uh, to make it interesting. It's a really good tobacco. So, um, yeah, I, you know, that's, that's the Janus blend and, um, man, tasty tobacco. And I think, uh, I think you ought to try it. Man, that's, uh, that's a good one. It's an interesting, I was kind of curious, why do you think because, I mean, the other two are a little bit more obvious in terms of the naming convention. But why, why do you think they actually went with Janice on this one? I, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you. And, I, you know, it's um, I, I was wondering that. I, I don't know why they called it the Antique Virginia. I don't know why they, uh, you know, picked these specific gods for these specific tobaccos. Um, you know, it's something, um, it's something that remains to be seen. But, um, but yeah, certainly a, certainly a great blend. Interesting. That's um, yeah. I'd I'd, uh, I'd love to learn more there. That's uh, that's fa- fascinating. But um, all right. Well, good deal. You, I just want to go back to, to something you said before we move on to the next one. Yeah. When when going through the, you said white pepper. Yeah. So, 
So your, your palate is so attuned. Help, help, help me with this, huh? Help me. No, with I mean, this. I know what white pepper is. I'm just, I'm just yeah. like blown away that your palate is so attuned that it's not, no, not a peppery, but a white pepper. <laughs> There's a, I don't know, you know, it, after um, having done this for years now, you know, you kind of start to notice these little nuances of, uh, you know, okay, well, this kind of pepper, you know, leaves your uh, tongue and senses feeling this way, and this kind of pepper uh, evokes a different, you know, response from, uh, you know, your your maybe your nose or your physiology or or whatever. Uh, maybe it makes your tongue water more, or your, uh, you know, your mouth water more, or, or you know, makes your nose sting just a little extra. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. These are these are things that you just kind of pick up over time, and um, you know, it's it's kind of my own experience, but uh, your mileage may vary. So. Okay, all right. No, I just I just I thought that was very specific. And I just wanted to yeah. wanted to acknowledge. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to miss that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Man, moving along to the Savinelli Juno. Uh, it's a it says uh, Royal Virginia on it, and it has a picture of the goddess uh, Juno, the Roman goddess, uh, uh, the protector of the empire, wife of Jupiter. Uh, Greek equivalent uh, is Hera, uh, but she is the patron goddess of the Roman Empire, and uh, obviously the the queen of the gods. So, um, yeah, this you know. We, with someone, uh, someone's name on this blend that would be that significant, you would expect it to be, uh, you know, a very thoughtful blend, something that, uh, you know, has a lot of energy put into it, and, and, and of course it is. Um, Royal Virginia, again, I, you know, you'd have to uh, ask the folks at uh, Cornell Deal kind of what they're thinking is on that particular um, you know, verbiage, but um, but it, this is a Virginia blend. Uh, it, it's described as a delicate amalgam of uh, stoved and unstoved Virginias, the um, pinnacle of leaves, both red and bright. And so, uh, you know, basically what they've done here is they've taken uh, mature uh, Virginia leaves and uh, and then stoved some of the uh, some of the brighter leaf, uh, and then added some more red Virginias there uh, to make this a uh, just a mixture of um, you know. Uh, red and and stoved uh, Virginias, and so it's just a very uh, a very nice uh, warm blend. You think of these blends that uh, you know feature red and stove Virginias as uh, being real rich and um, you know having a nice uh, woody uh, oaky flavor that uh, you know is very deep, lots of natural uh, mellowness there that uh, has a kind of a bready form to it. Um, th- this tobacco surprised me with its complexity and the the natural sweetness that's there. It is rich and velvety, but it has probably more uh, more sweet uh, kind of citrusy uh, notes to it than I than I thought a blend like this would have. That you know a blend that uh, features these types of uh, you know more. Uh, ruddy leaves uh, typically, you know, in my mind doesn't uh, have as much of that uh, kind of citrus note to it. But this is this is really kind of, um, you know, features that nicely. Um, it doesn't have quite the breadiness, the, the thick mouthfeel uh, or, or the deep, uh, rich, uh, you know, apple cider vinegarness of uh, some of the red Virginias that are out there. It's a uh, uh, you know, higher acidity than I would think of as be associated with this type of, uh, to, of dark leaf, but uh, incredibly flavorful. Um, yeah, you open the tin, same kind of thing. Uh, it's got that, uh, you know, Elizabethan collar in there <laughs> uh, and the uh, nice uh, kind of broken uh, flake that comes out in little chunks and uh, just very, very attractive uh, to look at. This tin um, tobacco is a little, uh, probably a little redder, a little richer colored than the um, than the Janus that we mentioned, um, you know, similar, uh, you know, tin note to it. It has, uh, some of the mustiness that's there, um, you know, kind of lingering in the background, but on the front end, it's more of that kind of, uh, bready, uh, naturally sweet, uh, flavor that, uh, you know, has elements of grass and hay, uh, just enough to, of that, uh, kind of silage flavor, you know, something that you'd think of that, uh, if a barnyard smell could be pleasant, you know, <laughs> that's uh, kind of what you're what you're thinking of here. So um, really good. Uh, burns to a nice uh, a nice ash, and um, you know, just very uh, very attractive. You know, something that um, I think is not quite as um, you know sophisticated or uh, complex probably as the Janus, but uh, but very a very good tobacco in itself, and uh, and certainly worth the price. You mentioned the the 
you know, hay grass type of feel. I mean, it does, it kind of evokes a little bit of that wheat uh, harvesty. Yeah. Although I guess the god of, goddess of the harvest wasn't uh, actually Juno, was it? I don't know. I was going to say maybe there might be some ties there. Yeah. But no, not, now that I'm thinking about that, that doesn't actually make sense. But I do, I do get that, you know, with, if you're kind of, you know, beginning this kind of brand, you would want to go with Juno and Jupiter as kind of the, the king and queen of the gods and, and kind of going in that route. Um, I, I almost wonder if, uh, the, the idea here is that this one's a little bit more lighter, whereas Jupiter might be a little bit more intense in terms of the, uh, the, the kick. So to yeah. Speak. And so it, that brings us to the, the final, which is, which is Jupiter in the series. And, um, man, you're, you're right. Jupiter is, uh, is not just a bolder tobacco, but it's also, it's also very interesting. Uh, this is a tobacco that when I opened the tin, it, it certainly caught me off guard. Um, of course, you have, uh, you know, on the front, Jupiter, it says Antique Burley. Um, and uh, on, on the back, a uh, it says a commanding blend of Burley, Dark Fire Kentucky, and Virginia's uh, archetypally cased and pressed into cakes. Uh, it's also described as having a uh, delicate topping of dark rum and molasses for a sweet, nutty, and complex flavor profile. So, um, so there, there's a lot going on with this, uh, with this tobacco. You can tell, uh, you know, when, when they blended this, they were going for something, uh, certainly with the Dark Fire Kentucky, you know, content there, something that's more, uh, you know, robust, uh, you know, strong, something that's going to, uh, you know, let you know that you're smoking a, a real uh, full-bodied tobacco uh, there. And, um, and certainly when you open the tin, you, you're met with the, uh, the tin note that, uh, that lets you know that, um, you know, you probably should have eaten something before you smoked this. <laughs> um, it's a very, uh, it, it's a very pleasant to look at tobacco. You're, you're looking when you open this again at the, um, you know, tobacco leaves that have been uh, it, you pressed into cakes and then sliced into these little uh, broken flakes. But but the, the the look of the tobacco, this is a decidedly more red-brown uh, tobacco where the other ones maybe are more on the walnut uh, side. This is more of a lighter brown uh, kind of chestnut color. Uh, it's just very, very, very pretty, uh, very pretty. But when you put your nose to this particular tin, um, you know, <laughs> we talked earlier about, you know, living in Mississippi, living in the South and, you know, uh, chewing tobacco, of course, is, is very popular here. And and when I, when I opened my, when I opened this tin and stuck my nose in there, I immediately thought of Levi Garrett chewing tobacco. Like it, 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 it tastes, I mean, it smells just like it, man. It's really interesting. It's got a um, the, the casing that's put on there, you, you realize almost immediately that this is a, uh, it's a strong tobacco. It's got those, uh, you know, heavy burlies, but that, uh, molasses that's there, that kind of sweet, uh, nutty molasses, uh, you know, flavor that, um, it just, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it really made me immediately, it almost transported me to like a time and a place. It was one of those things that was very, um, very powerful. So when, when you smell this tobacco, you're not going to get the, um, you know, the, uh, the tart citrusy, uh, grass and, and hay-like flavors that you will from the, uh, the Juno and the Janus, you, you know, from the, from the tin note of this particular leaf, you're going to get those, uh, kind of oily, uh, you know, toasty flavors that, uh, you know, evoke, um, strength, really, just, uh, you know, the Dark Fire Kentucky makes itself very, uh, very apparent, um, you, you know, uh, immediately, even from the tin note, that this is just probably going to be a pretty strong tobacco, and, um, you know, and I think lives up to that, it's very complex and, and, and very good. Commanding blend of Burley, Dark Fire Kentucky, and Virginia's, uh, again, uh, pressed into cakes, and, uh, and then sliced, um, and, uh, you know, this is, it's an interesting tobacco. It, it has a, a real healthy dose of that uh, Dark Fire Kentucky. Uh, the Burley, of course, has, uh, gives it, um, you know, plenty of body, a really nice thick uh, mouthfeel. Um, and, and there is that nice uh, kind of, um, you know, thick smoke uh, breadiness to it. The nicotine content is pretty high here. Um, you know, and of course we can attribute that to the, uh, you know, the burly and the dark fire content there, but, um, man, really tasty. It, it, it's, you know, it's an aromatic tobacco. It, it is it's certainly been flavored, but, um, but it's one that's uh, quite strong. And of course the flake, uh, tobaccos will, 
um, you, you know, certainly appeal to the more sophisticated pipe smoker, uh, which I think is always a, a lot of fun. Anytime you can find these points, these little inflection points where you make a tobacco that, you know, appeals to, uh, it, it's an aromatic, but it appeals to non-aero smokers, or it's a non-aromatic that appeals to the aromatic smoker. I love, I love that. I think so much of uh, the fun of the pipe community and, and the pipe smoking journey is kind of found in those little those little pivot points. So, um, so th- this kind of accomplishes that, I think. It is a strong tobacco. It's something that, um, you know, I think would, uh, you know, do you well to, um, you know, have a, have a glass of water with and, you know, maybe after a big lunch or something of that nature. But the, the sweetness here is really, uh, really pleasant and, um, you know, not, not overwhelming. So I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, you may have to let this one dry out a little bit more, but, but it is a, um, is a really pretty flake and, um, something worth looking into. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you, do you get the strong urge when smoking this pipe tobacco to transform into various creatures and have, uh, affairs that end up winding you in all kinds of trouble, uh, for, for, throughout the eons. Is that, is that, is that, is that a side effect out of curiosity of this particular one? You know, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't actually know Roman. Like I, I'm going based off more of the Greek interpretation of, uh, of, you know, quote unquote Jupiter here, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a, a witty way to respond that will also not get me in trouble. You know, I know. what I mean? It's impossible. <laughs> no, it's true though. If you if you look at like the Roman gods, and and I mean again, I I do. I'm more of like a uh, more knowledgeable <laughs> on kind of the Greek interpretations, but I know that there's similarities here, and it's it's really fascinating. Yeah. If you look at kind of uh, you know Greek uh, Greek religion and Roman religion and and the way that the uh, you know, the, the pantheon of gods were established. It's so, it's so political. Like it's so much tied to the politics of the day as people were becoming part of Rome or becoming part of Greece. Like they were like, Oh wait, what's your God? Your God's this. Well, actually now your God is technically, uh, the God of this. And actually he's the, by, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, extramarital son of our God. So Jupiter, <laughs> like it's, 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 it's fascinating, but Jupiter uh, or Zeus, you know, depending on your, your, uh, you know, Roman or, or Greek was typically ended up having all of these extra kids because they were incorporating all these new territories and all these new, you know, deities that like these kind of small time, you know, regional uh, uh, deities that they needed to incorporate into one massive religion to kind of affirm the political state. So it's, it's fascinating stuff. I know it has nothing to do with pipe tobacco, but given the fact that, (laughs) (laughs) given the fact that they, they went here, I I just, I have to make note of that. With each and every Mason jar that you conquer uh, with your tobacco cellar. And, and, and as that goes forth and the tobaccos uh, blend and, and, you know, conquer new and and different and exciting pipes, then uh, your own pantheon grows. And so uh, we, we look forward to, to seeing what else Savinelli and Cornell deal cook up here. But um, yeah, a fun trilogy, really, really a fun series. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It was one of those things that uh, kind of snuck up on us. Didn't really, uh, you know, have a lot of, uh, you know, foreknowledge that this was coming down, uh, you know, through the system. But once it hit, we were, you know, proud to get it and, uh, and, and have really enjoyed it. Man, I'll give this a whole nother spin too. And hey, if, uh, you know, if, if you, if you, you know, get a little nervous when kind of referring to, you know, uh, uh, you know, false gods or idols or something of that, remember, this is your way of burning the heathen gods. That's what you're doing. <laughs> so from that standpoint, you also have that opportunity there too. That's right. Set, set, set them on fire it, to your own, to your own, uh, your own, uh, pleasure. Exactly. Right. Just like the Vatican of old. That's what you got to do, man. You gotta take all the heathen gods and, and smelt them all down. Uh, well, hey, man, this is uh, this this is great. And of course, anytime that you're trying out some new pipe tobaccos, if you want to get, uh, if you want to, if you want to identify that white peppery uh, a tinge that's in every <laughs> single uh, flavor of the you're various pipe tobacco. <laughs> I, no, that is true. That is a hundred percent true. But I tell you what, man, it would it would help me to get a little bit closer to you by expanding my palate with a great pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that is right. That is right. We've got a really special treat to feature today from Missouri Mirsham. Of course, we are closing in on the Indo- God Slayer. Oh, sorry. I know <laughs> that 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 they should think about that. Uh, maybe maybe you and Phil could collaborate on that particular Ooh, pipe. But, uh, we do like that. Man, like we a, are yeah. we are getting close to Independence Day. July Fourth, of course, is this uh, as we record is this coming weekend and. Um, 
Yeah, man, they came out with a beautiful Independence Day set 2020. Uh, retails for only $21.99, uh, and to celebrate America's Independence Day, uh, they put together this really nice uh, corncob pipe and leather pipe stand uh, combo set. Uh, it features a cherry-stained and varnished natural Great Dane spindle corncob pipe featured with a straight filtered amber uh, Danish bit uh, paired with a uh, Missouri Meerschaum leather pipe stand uh, in your choice of either tan or brown. It's a really beautiful combination, and um, you know that that Great Dane pipe I think just really speaks to um, you know the American uh, you know just image. It really uh, it's 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 a very American, a very Missouri Meerschaum pipe, and so um, you know something that's incredibly attractive and and goes really well with this beautiful little uh, leather stand that uh, that comes with the set. So. Uh, only twenty one ninety nine. Uh, the limited limit quantities are limited. They are first come first serve, but they are available as we record at corncobpipe.com. Uh, you can go there, check it out, get the, uh, the get the pipe and the stand both in tan or in a darker brown. Uh, straight from the source, they'll ship it right to your door. And uh, man, we just uh, really appreciate Missouri Mirsham for sponsoring the show and, and coming out with these awesome kids. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week. That's right, it's Pipe Question of the Week, where we take a question of yours and send it to John David. For an <laughs> That's I don't know that I've ever defined Pipe Question of the Week. It's kind of all in the name, but there you go. All right, I love this, man. Uh, yo, it's your boy, Commodore. One of the estate pipes I keep in my car and briefcase recently had some trauma. This thing made like a... <laughs> Oh my gosh, Commodore. Wow. This thing made like my parents and split right at the base of my stem. Anyways, it has a thread insert to fasten the pipe. Last week, I realized that along the insert was a giant split, though it looks uglier than a Kirby vacuum bag from the 80s. It still smokes great. (laughs) So what could have caused this? Heat, rapid temperature change, alcohol from cleaning. I appreciate your help, boys. Stay firm. Commander Perry, our Commodore rather Perry uh, and Commodore actually sent along. I should mention it. He sent along some pictures to go along with this question. 
Yeah, yeah. It, man, Commodore, it, it, it's always great to hear from you, brother. Of course, longtime friend and uh, listener of the show. And if you don't know Commodore Perry or not you know, friends with him, you, you, uh, you're missing out. He's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful guy and man of many talents. But um, man, he, so he's got this pipe here and it does have a threaded uh, tenon that kind of sticks into the, uh, the, the stem of the pipe. The pipe uh, stem appears to be uh, I'm guessing it's uh, vulcanite. Uh, it, it's a it's a rubbery looking material. It doesn't look like it's uh, acrylic or lucite. But um, it, what's probably happened here, Commodore, is that um, you know when this particular piece got hot, um, and maybe the uh, the tenon there was screwed in uh, perhaps a little too tightly, uh, that that expanded and uh, and then the material burst. I, I've never seen anything quite happen like this before. Um, generally, you know that when a uh, when you see a crack in the stem uh, of this nature, there's a chip or it splits uh, or, it, it, you know, you, you find kind of a um, a cutout or a, a, you know, a bite mark or something. But this is almost like a like a fissure that's kind of developed in there. It's hard to explain without seeing the photos for our listeners. But uh, my guess is, is that this was more uh, heat related, um, you know, and it's just one of those things that, you know, you're going to have to. Uh, put up with unless you feel like getting a new stem uh, cut for this particular pipe. Um, it sounds like, according to your your notes here, that it actually is still uh, still smoking okay. Which um, you know, to be honest with you, is kind of amazing considering uh, you know just the the look of this particular pipe. Uh, let's see. Um, though it looks uglier than a Kirby vacuum bag from the 80s, <laughs> it still smokes great. <laughs> and, um, man, I, you know, I just think it's, uh, um, yeah, you know, if you can, uh, you know, uh, just limp along with it and, and continue to smoke it, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful pipe, certainly something that, um, you know, it looks looks pretty, has a nice shape, uh, kind of a, a horn uh, shape or perhaps a Zulu. But, um, yeah, you know, with that threaded tenon like that and then it getting... Uh, particularly hot, my, my guess would be next to that kind of uh, metal uh, screw-in insert that is on the stem portion of it. Uh, you know, you probably experience some uh, some temperature, uh, you know, related stuff there. So other than that, not sure, but man, if it works, keep smoking it. And of course, uh, you know, we can always recommend some really good, um, you know, pipe uh, artisans, stem repair people that can uh, get you fixed up with a new stem if you ever need one. That's a great question, Commodore. I, and I know I've made this reference before, but every single time I see his name, I think of Commodore Schmidlap from the 66 Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> just can't help to help it but man i love you thank you so much for us uh, into that in yeah man always good to hear from you uh 100 man if you've got a pipe question for us be sure to send it in show at countrysquireradio.com quick uh a quick note here too bo i, I find myself often I'm, I'm trying to remind newer pipe smokers more often i, I kind of have gotten away from this just because you you get into a rhythm of you know when you're talking to pipe smokers you think they have all the answers like you do or not that i have all the answers because i certainly don't right. but you, you just kind of start assuming that people know you know maybe more than they do and i've been trying to make a conscious effort to remind uh, pipe smokers man just just you know don't leave your pipes uh, you know out in the heat uh, don't leave them uh, in your vehicle, uh, you know, outside. And, you know, if you if you are make a habit of leaving your pipes, uh, you know, outside, uh, if you live in a particularly hot, a particularly humid uh, environment, some somewhere that the temperature changes regularly, um, you know, you're, that's that's pretty tough on a pipe. You, you really want to, uh, you know, keep your pipes in a, um, you know, room temperature environment uh, that's pretty stable, pretty constant. Um, and, uh, and, and, and your pipe, you know, all the materials in your pipe and the moisture, uh, in the, the wood and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that it's just going to be a happier pipe if you, uh, let it live in that environment, uh, permanently. So, um, just, you know, trying to remind folks just, you know, uh, it's one of those things right up there with, you know, not taking your pipe apart while it's hot and, you know, being sure to clean it after every smoke and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just, you know, just, just bring your pipes inside and, uh, try not to leave them in the car and all that kind of stuff. Quick fire with, with the squire. squire. All right, man. Quick fire quest, Joe. <laughs> Ow! All right, man. Here we go. Uh, all right. So this is this is carrying on from uh, Pastor Joda. You know, he sent us a couple of different series. The oh series yeah, I'm excited today. about these. Oh yeah, man. This one is uh, extreme tourism. Uh, he does put in the kind of the disclaimer: these will not kill you. You will be properly equipped and taken care of. So. With that in mind, uh, expedition in Antarctica, 
or Icebreaker Cruise at the North Pole? Man, I it, it's funny just taking a quick glance at all these um, at, at all these different questions that we're about to answer. I have actually uh, dreamed about all these. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of actually have strong opinions on on every single one of these, which is <laughs> kind of funny because a lot of the quick fire questions, uh, you know, sometimes we're not as knowledgeable on. But um, man, okay, I, I've got to pick expedition to Antarctica. My grandfather, who I loved dearly, he um, loved dearly. He passed away. Um, four years ago at the age of 96, he'd be a hundred this year, but, um, uh, Papa, he, he had been to every continent on earth, including Antarctica. And I, and that was one of the things like about him that I just admired the most. Like I, he was such a fascinating person and, um, and, and I always, you know, thought to myself, like, you know, when I get old enough to, to do that, of course he did that when he was like 85, so it's going to be a while for me, but <laughs> when I get old enough to do that, I'm going to go to Antarctica just like Papa did. And, um, that's all, that's on my bucket list. So I got to go with that one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I was going to go with the same. Although I don't have anything as compelling as a reason for that for us. That's that's fantastic. Uh, okay, so next one is explore a Tibetan jungle or the Amazon rainforest. I'd have to go with Tibetan jungle. I you know, the, Tibet kind of has this um allure of it of uh you know, forbiddenness and you know, mysticism and all this kind of stuff. It's in a uh, area of China that's not, you know, particularly accessible and all that kind of thing. So, um there is something to that that I think would be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, of course, the Amazon has some of the mystique as well. Um, I've actually been to South America before. I've been to uh, Peru on a mission trip many, many years ago, uh, but never never to Asia. I'd love to go to um, to that part of the world. So I'd have to go with Tibetan jungle. That's good. What, correct me if I'm wrong. When we were kids, like, and like they were starting to put computers in schools and they all had uh, the, the Oregon Trail on them and that sort of thing. You remember yeah. this? Yeah. Wasn't there also a game that was like an Amazon River type of game? Like Forge the Amazon River? It was like the, not exactly a sequel to Oregon Trail, but kind of like a follow up? I don't know. I don't, I, I guess I don't remember that. I might be, maybe I made this up, but I have this in my head. I'm going to put it out there. And if anybody uh, knows what I'm talking about, please tell me because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I do remember when I was a kid being fascinated with the concept of the Amazon rainforest. And I feel like it was because of this game, or maybe it was like an ex- like a encyclopedia, like Britannica type of disc that went out. But one way or the other, uh, I'm going to go with the Amazon rainforest. As a, even as a kid, I really wanted to go. All right, next one is a trip to the International Space Station or exploring the deep sea floor in a submarine. Ooh. Man, th- this one is probably the most difficult for me to to answer because they're both so intriguing. But I'm, I'm going to have to go with the space station. I, I would love to go to space. It'll never happen probably in your in my lifetime. But, um, man, for, for people of our, uh, you know, socioeconomic status to be able to, <laughs> to buy a ticket to space. But I'd love to go. I sure would. I don't know, man. I, I, I think um, as we get into uh, if we if we live long enough, I think we might be able to uh, to see that. Maybe that's just a pipe dream, but I, I, I think that could happen. Although I will say between these two, you know, since since the guarantee has been there, like between the two, I'd be more willing to go to space just because I'm, you know, mildly claustrophobic and the nature of being like deep undersea for some reason, like terrifies me. But since since my security and safety has already been guaranteed by the premise of the uh, of the questions being presented here. I got to go with deep sea floor because there's just so much of the deep sea floor that is unexplored. And, you know, there's just, you know, so much history is down in the depths. And then plus it's also going to be a little bit more colorful than like, oh, look, stars, but closer. Uh, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> not, not to, you know, not, not to downplay the majesty of space or anything. Stars, but closer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'll go with that one. All right. And then That's finally, hilarious. breaking the sound barrier in a fighter jet or breaking the sound barrier in a salt flats in a rocket car. At the salt, At flats, the salt flats in a rocket yeah. car. Yeah. I, you know, uh, give me the fighter jet any day. Um, you know, that just seems a little, ha- having that much more room between me and the ground for some reason, uh, <laughs> seems a little, a little more, uh, comforting, but, um, but yeah, that, that would be really cool, man. Breaking the sound barrier at those kind of high speeds. It's, uh, that would be, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say the same. That's a, uh, that's a good one as well. I mean, again, you, like you say, you've got more space to do it in. I just, uh, you know, if you, if you end up needing to slow down, you got more <laughs> You got more room to do it. I know that safety isn't a factor here. He, he was very clear about that, but I, I can't help but just break that in. 
Yeah. Great, great questions, Pastor Joda. And hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, be sure to send them in to us. Show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback. We got a great, uh, great bit of listener feedback in. Let's go with this one from Eric first. Uh, Eric Vanderpool writing in. What did Eric have to say? Man, love our dear friend Eric. It's always good to hear from him. And he says, uh, after listening to your podcast where you discuss W.O. Larson, I, I had some thoughts. I believe the expensive humidor box tobacco was just an advertisement for their other blends. Something so premium, particularly as a gift, uh, do you want to be able to decide when to open the product? Uh, you don't really want to be forced uh, to have to open it upon receiving it, uh, lest it be destroyed. It also seems particularly careless to put the tobacco in a humidor, as if it would provide protection. It was, however, I believe, to lend a feeling of premium to the other blends the average pipe smoker might try. I certainly haven't heard of their brand name or their brand before the stunt. Uh, great episode. Keep up the good work, boys. Uh, P.S. I got an offset smoker for Father's Day, an inaugural smoke I made. Uh, a very small brisket uh, rubbed with salt and pepper over a post oak mm. fire. Uh, we mm. ate this for dinner to smoke. I have the Missouri Meerschaum 150th anniversary uh, tobacco and to drink the 896 golden rum and a highball with a Topo Chico pour over. Man, this so much is going on here that's just awesome. <laughs> the rum brings out the molasses tones that emerge in the second half of the bowl. Um, the smoke and drink balance the salty and savory brisket. And, man, that is from our dear friend Eric, who uh, lives in Texas. And, man, just uh, it's always great to hear from you, bro. Absolutely, Eric. Thanks so much for writing in. And, uh, man, what a, what a beautiful barbecue and pipe tobacco. I know, right? right? Topo Chico, uh, man. Awesome, man. We got one in from Jim Clough. Uh, here's what Jim had to say. Listening to back episodes, heard you talking about pipe villains. Did you ever consider Lee Van Cleef? and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And also a few dollars more. Uh, also got in on the ground floor on the new blend, By the Fire, trying it in a Savinelli Bing's favorite, also based on John David Cole's recommendation. First impression, I like the blend and was a little worried since I am not a big Perique fan normally, but goes well with a little scotch. I get a kind of creamy mouth feeling. Uh, good, good job, John David. Uh, also picked up the uh, IPSD 2020 t-shirts. It's very cool. Again, that is from Jim Clough. Uh, Jim, Lee Van Cleef is actually, we have not covered him. Uh, although, you know, I guess in the last year yeah. or so, I went back and kind of did a, uh, a rewatch of the uh, the Dollar series. Uh, or, you know, I forget what the, uh, the true fans of, of that franchise call it. I think it's like the Dollar series of, you know, the old, uh, the man with no name. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, westerns um and no that's a great suggestion uh perhaps this uh perhaps it's halloween man we we haven't done a you know to the depths with a focus on a pipe smoking villain in, in a couple of years because we've done kind of a trick-or-treat approach to it uh, every year but i'm i'm very willing to uh to go back to that well and uh, and do a, a focus on lee van cleef if you're if you're game Man, I, I think it'd be great. Of course, he has the iconic uh, Meerschaum pipe, you know, that kind of has that darkened uh, rim of the bowl. And, and we see, you know, uh, occasions nowadays folks are looking for that uh, that kind of Meerschaum pipe where they can have it pre-colored in that same nature with that nice uh, kind of a yellow lucite stem. So uh, really cool, man. That that would be great. But um, yeah, dude, regardless, thank you so much. I, I do want to say uh, for the By the Fire uh, tobacco that we just came out with, um, that was actually blended by uh, Carson Hornsby, who works uh, at the Country Squire, who, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, I've uh, had the pleasure of kind of uh, teaching and, and mentoring in the trade. And, uh, man, has worked really hard to, uh, you know, get his, uh, you know, kind of tobacco skills up to uh, up to par. And, man, this was the first blend he came out with that I said, you know what, we're going to put this one on the shelf. And uh, really proud of what he did. And um, and, and so I'll, I will definitely pass along those those thoughts to him. But, man, Jim, thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate you, appreciate you supporting us, man. Right on. And, hey, if you've got some listener feedback, you know, we'd love to get them in, especially iTunes reviews. If you've not headed over to iTunes yet, uh, do so. Write us a review. We love reading those out on the show, and it's a great way to help support the show. Doesn't even cost you a dime to do it. Uh, but, hey, if you are willing to spend a few dimes to help make sure this show happens every single week, uh, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio where you can learn more about that. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Real Bo York. 
I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, the show's handles at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Man, you know, it was a tobacco talk this week, and you know what that means for next week, right? Ooh, it means day drinking. <laughs> yeah, Squire Select right around the corner. We're doing something a little different. I'll go ahead and tease up. Uh, normally we do, uh, you know, the whiskeys and the, the, the various uh, brown water around that. Um, we're we're going to go in a different direction next week, so stay tuned for more yeah. there. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, uh, this, is, this has been a fun episode, and uh, let's go have a week. See you, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.